enter if you dare this ghastly conversation of teens fraught with despair and recent lacerations. Final girl, chase after her, don't let her get away. But first, the slumber podcast massacre. Welcome to Slumber Podcast Massacre with TNA. That's Tim. That's Andy. And this is a podcast about horror. Every week, Tim and I get together. We have a conversation about a different movie from the horror genre, from your well-known classic down to that rare gem hitching a ride from Venezuela, the back of your video <laughs> store shelf. This week, Tim and I continue the Summer of Fear. We're Getting sticky again, back in the web from 1990. It's Arachnophobia, a movie everyone loves. Tim, <laughs> do you you ever want to like explore the rainforest? Does that sounds like something fun to do? You know, I I hadn't thought about it much until um, after River Phoenix's death, and I discovered that he spent a good portion of his film earnings on uh, buying up acreage in Costa Rica um, for no other reason than just to make sure that it stayed that way. Oh, wow. And um, so I, I was like, Costa Rica? And then I heard of some people actually vacationing there. And I'm like, that I just wouldn't think to go to Costa Rica. But uh, being the fan that I am and a uh, uh, part of what i am of uh of native culture it's one of the the few places on the planet where uh native life can still exist at, at least relatively close to how it did once upon a time yeah and that there are tribes that still live the, the way that they have for thousands of years so yes i i would love to go there i i would i would just love the idea of visiting a place in this internet age that maybe when you got there, it didn't feel like the whole world was there with you. Right. And probably one of the best places to start would be a rainforest. Well, here, I guess this was more because, um, yeah, I mean, I also would. But I guess the difference I'm looking for is it sounds like you're talking about someone's taking you to the rainforest. Okay. Would you ever want to pursue it on your own? Like, <laughs> you know die sure. by yourself yeah all right yeah i would but but um i i would do that but i would want the some preparation first i don't mind being alone i don't mind the heat i would just want a little bit of knowledge about like the one singular small thing that could kill me like if you eat this red berry you are dead fucked right. where you stand yeah um like i, I think that well, that's the thing though there's not one thing in the <laughs> rainforest it's more i think the list is smaller of what won't kill you <laughs> right right so um I, maybe i'd stick to the beach aren't beaches by rainforest well, I mean, sure yeah okay yeah, i'll stick to the beach you know um and just you know maybe go a good 20 30 feet in look around <laughs> and back out you know and Kind of, you know, just walk through the uh, the waves crashing on the shore. Yes. Um, no, I, I don't. So the I, beach forest part. Well, here's the thing, though. This is the problem. Every goddamn movie you see about a rainforest has one of two things. Somebody catching a horrible, life-threatening fever 
<laughs> or just like so uncomfortable and like swatting at bugs on their neck. Right. Like that's all I can see myself doing is like rubbing my neck and swatting and just hating life. Yeah. I think that's the accurate part though. <laughs> oh no. Well, from those movies. Maybe I better rethink this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> is there a brain force that is a maybe more accommodating than another? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I mean that kind of beats the point doesn't it well i suppose yeah because yeah. otherwise just go to like a sandals vacation <laughs> right you know? yeah but maybe don't shower for a couple of days <laughs> it's kind of the same thing they just release a scorpion in your room every third day <laughs> right to give you a little flavor yeah easier than arizona anyhow um no i i would i'm going to give you a definitive answer yes i would go explore on my own because i think that that's probably a kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity. I don't imagine that you'd make that like an annual trip to the, you know, desolate rainforest. Right. Um, would you go? No, no, because of spiders. hundred percent. That's why I'd never be on survivor. Uh, I uh, just, uh, really don't want to go anywhere that has spiders bigger than the ones I'm used to where I live. And I really have never been anywhere that has bigger spiders. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, and I'm sure that we'll make mention of this, but when you start hearing about animals that are sort of referred to by the other animals that they consume. <laughs> yes. When you hear about cat eating rats, which exist, by the way, uh huh. when you start hearing about bird eating tarantulas. Yeah. It changes things. Yeah. Well, bird-eating spider. Tarantula is separate. It's just bird-eating spider, right? Or am I wrong? That is a tarantula. In this movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's the largest tarantula. Okay. Yeah, I definitely never want to go anywhere where there are tarantulas. Because those are gross. Let me ask you this. Fun spider question, because this other spider is brought up several times in this movie. Which do you fear more, tarantula or Black Widow? Uh, or, or, and you'll get them around here. Oh, brown recluse? Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen a brown recluse, thankfully. I mean, I fear tarantula more because it looks scarier. In my mind, all are as dangerous as the other. There is no... You know, differential between different, the smallest spider down to the largest bird eating spider. They are all a a danger to me at the very same level. Just their uh, looks of ugliness and creepiness. So, yeah, when you get into tarantula territory, gross. Does a spider look ugly to you? uh, Well, no, because I like ugly things. Uh, They look horrific and not, I don't want to say like demonic. Uh, I don't know what it is. There's just uh, something about the way a spider looks. It's chaotic. Uh, It's sharp, jagged. Um, I don't know. They spread out in different ways. Uh, When all eight legs move, uh, can I appreciate the beauty? Yes. Is it still creepy? Oh, yes. So, I mean, there are a lot of facets of spiders that I can be like, oh, as far as a nature perspective goes, I appreciate that or I understand that. 
Uh, but yeah, there's really not a part of me that uh, really uh, likes any part of a spider. Let me ask you this, and it, and it might seem like a, a question for when we get into the movie itself, but I think I want to ask this now because it is specific to you. Which movie, pound for pound, brought the spider fear harder? Kingdom of the Spiders or Arachnophobia? Uh, I mean, probably Kingdom of the Spiders. Like, if I was like, I mean, neither of them really scared me watching them. Okay. That and that's the thing. Like, like when I see a spider, even on a TV or something, it to me it's repulsive, and I don't like looking at it. But I'm not like scared. I'm sure I was as a kid. Like. Uh, I would cover my face. Even when this movie came out, there are two shots in this movie that on my subsequent uh, viewings at home, I would look away. The close-ups. Oh, wow. There are two close-ups where you see the reflection in the eyes. Fuck that. I was still a struggle. I would be like, it's coming. It's coming. There it is. Okay. Okay. Wow. They really fucking are lingering on it. You know, I'm sure it was half a second, but you know what's, you know, what's funny about you saying that Uh, watching this movie. Uh, I remember the eye part, and when I saw it, I still don't have a spider eye issue. Yeah, but in this movie, in that scene, I was like, I understand exactly where he's coming from okay. because that look, that the close up on it. You're right. Like you see it from a distance, and the whole thing. You're probably still not happy about that. No, no. But when you get the close up, and it just looks like a mound of alienness yeah. like gelled and like freaky yeah uh yeah no i i i did not understand your eye thing because just to reference my favorite movie even like shark and my favorite are sharks they also have this black eye mm-hmm. that doesn't move like your an eye like yours or eyes it doesn't have an iris or anything but it still like rolls and protects itself spider eye no it's just a black eye that does not move doesn't need to because it's got fucking eight of them around its head so it can see everywhere man yeah we'll we'll get into it let's just say what we're doing first and then i'll talk about how terrible spiders are uh so it's arachnophobia from 1990 this was written by uh don jacoby and wesley strick it was directed by frank marshall his first debut his debut director he's an old uh producer friend of uh stevie spielberg mm-hmm. we just got a lot of spielberg lately uh, it stars Jeff Daniels, Harley Jane Kozak, and John Goodman. It had a budget of $22 million, box office of 54 It was a hit. People loved it. And here's Nan Sum. <laughs> a prehistoric spider finds itself in modern-day California at the new home of Ross Jennings. Too bad for him. He has a deathly fear of spiders. And too bad for the town because the spider has made it and its soldiers are spreading out and are taking over one house at a time. Will they find the nest before it's too late? I bet someone is going to have to face their fears, literally. <laughs> Arachnophobia. You know, I in watching this, I did. It was kind of heartwarming because I, like you and I had talked about, I, I remembered nothing about this movie. I remember that there was a barn. That was it. Yeah. Uh, but when I realized in watching it again that Jeff Daniels' character it has a fear of spiders... It was kind of a real endearing, like heartwarming moment thinking of you like, oh, every like, reaction he made in this movie. I 
completely like I almost uh, teared up a couple times, like empathizing with him on the dumbest stuff. Like when his <laughs> wife walks by with it in the tissue and he, you know, is still like, he's like, don't get it close to me. Right. Uh, yeah. Cause the, it's- where he, oh, when he had to step forward to distract the spider so the other guy could catch it. Oh my God, man. Like asking, <laughs> if you asked me, walk toward that spider, I wouldn't even hear you. I'd be gone. <laughs> well, you know, I-, I will say this about the whole arachnophobia thing. Um, you, you and other uh, people that, that have arachnophobia really kind of have a, a rough go of things because it is the sort of fear that no, that people don't respect. Like people respect certain other fears of, uh, and I'm not trying to trivial, trivialize anything, but like, uh, you know, uh, survivors of traumatic events or stuff like that. Everybody is going to rush to their aid and be like, oh, yeah, like, let's not trigger this person. You know, we need to protect them at all costs and everything like that. Yeah. But you guys are just seen as like, oh, you know, you know, Andy, he's just afraid of spiders. Yeah, like, isn't that funny? Spider. He's afraid of spiders. And people joke about it. Like, it's like it's somehow open season just because somebody has this legitimate um, unsettled feeling around something. And yeah. that's that's not really fair. <laughs> you know, it's it, not a all. rare fear. They no. made a movie about it because it's so broad and big. I know. No one went to this movie because they were like, yeah, I'm not afraid of spiders. Yeah. They might not have known what arachnophobia was like by name, but as soon as they were like, oh, fear of spiders. Yeah, I fucking have that. I'm sure a lot of people do. Yeah. But 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 still, you have to know what I'm saying when I say that, like, people treat that as like a joke fear, not like uh, not like a real like, hey, like, maybe let's not have spiders around him because it's really going to freak him out and it's going to upset him. It's not a joke like being afraid of mice. (laughs) no i'm kidding of course i'm kidding you know i'm i'm warming up to mice but it's still rat it's rats in the fucking rails okay um yeah so like yeah there are a couple points in this movie uh here's here's another part of the spiders and man god there's a lot of this going on in this movie uh webs on the face Oh, man. Oh, yeah, that would. Here's the thing. Like, say I'm working in the yard, right? I got a pair of gloves on and I got to, you know, clear something away. There's like a spider web on it or whatever. I'm doing something else. Then I go up to like, you know, maybe like brush some sweat away from my head. Just knowing that glove touched a spider web. Now, this part of my forehead kind of burns a little bit because I know what there might be some residual spiderness there like uh you know just for a second it's sure. not like not that bad but it is bad it's bad um and i yeah, i was still trying to think like even watching this movie where he you know jeff daniels recounts when he's a baby and a spider crawls up on him and he has this complete paralysis and can't move and is just watching this to him, this alien creature crawl up him toward his face. And I'm like, man, I wish I had that. <laughs> I wish I had that moment. I could go back and be like, oh, it was this thing. Like the earliest, there was that, you know, movie I saw with my dad, but that I don't feel like it was that. Um, 
because it didn't do anything. It was just seeing a spider, and I'd seen plenty of spiders. I do remember one time uh, I got on the bus. I was like first or second grade. I'm pretty sure it was second grade because this is pretty clear in my head. Uh, And my best friend at the time, Bill, was on the bus, and he was like slumped over, right? Like he had his like head covered up. And you're like, hey, what's up, Bill? And his sister's like, he doesn't want to talk to anyone. I'm like, what's going on? And he would not look up. And I'm like, are you okay? Like, did something happen? What's happening? And <laughs> he looked at me and his face, was, it looked like it, it had melted. It was like kind of oh. puffy, but like droopy. And I was just like, oh my God. And then his sister's like, we think he got bit by a spider. And I was like, what the fuck? That is what happens? Now, I'm pretty sure my mom tried to downplay it afterwards. But I'm pretty sure, because he was gone for like two days. Wow. So I never really knew what it was. <laughs> to me, it was a spider bite. That's what happened to him. I don't know what kind of spider. It's probably a brown recluse. Yeah. Maybe. Or some big wolf spider or something. Uh, But yeah, that. Man, the image of his face, and he was just like a wreck. Like it, it emotionally, he was a mess. Like he knew what he looked like. He knew the monster he was. <laughs> and his parents were not beating him, right? Like no, it wasn't. It no, wasn't like it was a beat. Not, like no. that his face was. No, weird. it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it did not look. Not at that age. I was like, I could totally differentiate, but no, that I know his parents. That was were not a you. Thing. But here's the big question: Were you afraid of spiders before that? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, possibly, but I don't know. That's a great springboard for it. If there was yeah. one, though, I yeah. mean, that maybe that's maybe that's where like. And you know what's funny about that is that I, I've been thinking a little bit about about this arachnophobia thing and going back to our possum episode and the idea freud's theory of the uncanny which yeah. is that that we might have these sort of tangible fears but they're actually linked to something much deeper yeah um I, or maybe you just are freaked out by spiders i mean it doesn't doesn't mean that it's something any anything more than that but maybe you just saw this friend's face and you were like that's pretty traumatic yeah You're and that could be why i'm just like any spider any spider could do that because they don't know what kind of spider it was. Yeah, it's uh, that's uh, that's pretty insightful. I could, I will accept that as being like reasonable grounds. Oh, let me tell you this story real quick. As seeing as you brought up how people make fun of this, right? I had these friends that I had in high school. We were in like a comedy group, right? I don't know. You might know most of them, including yourself, and. Uh, there was this one day, it was my junior year of high school and I shared a locker with this dude, Mark, uh, it was right at the end of an, of the whole aisle. It was fine. So I get to school one day and, uh, they're all my comedy group friends, like kind of waiting for me to get to school. It was odd, but it was, I was like, wow, this is nice. So we all were chatting as we walked down to my locker. Uh, and I distinctly remember like it was this, this, uh, hilarious moment where, you know, I'm not looking at my locker. I'm like opening it up, but not looking, looking at my friends. I open my locker and like I go to hang my stuff up. And as I turn back, the entire door is filled with uh, spider pictures because our one friend, uh, I'm going to name people, Eric, our friend Eric had this book 
this like National Geographic spiders book. Uh, and so uh, uh, you and Eric and uh, our friend Scott and our friend John had all taken time to take the big uh, close-up pictures, put those up on the door, and then meticulously cut out other smaller spiders in the book and hang them from the locker. Now, as someone who uh, likes a good joke, bravo. Uh, But for me to be the butt of that joke, man, I don't know. uh, I think I mentioned my reaction time. I think I was off the charts on (laughs) my eyes laying sight of my locker to the hand slamming it shut because it couldn't have been I might have broken the sound barrier I'm not sure uh, and as soon as that happened everyone scattered it was a, it was a good riot and then I made my locker partner who uh, fucking opened it up for you guys yeah to uh, take them all out or uh, <laughs> I don't know I'm sure I threatened him with nothing like I have no nothing to threaten anyone with but Man, that's a day that will uh, always be burned into my head. Well, I, I will say this. But for high school jokes, <laughs> it was great. Fun friends, I understand. Well, you know, and and I, I will say, shame on me for not not being more sensitive to it. But honestly, here's the... the, the not sure to, you had the least not to do to, with it, though. Not to <laughs> absolve myself. I wasn't... I think the the declaration of spider fear happened between you and the other guys before I knew about it. And it was something that they brought to me like, yeah, he's like, he's super afraid of spiders, especially Johnny. He, he loved kingdom of the spiders. He had this, uh, like from Arizona, he had those like where you get like a tarantula and like a resin bubble. Yeah. Yeah. A couple times I woke up at his head, like, so I'd stay the night and (laughs) would wake up with it next to my face. Yes. Hilarious, right? And I had, and I was completely unaware of this, but it was kind of like an, a a thing that that you know Eric, had, like you said, the the book was procured. I didn't know that it was Eric specifically, but it makes sense because he likes animal books, and um, so he's got that, and His we're putting it together. Teacher. Now, the one thing I will admit is everybody was was all you know about plastering the the wall of the opening door of the locker with the pictures it probably might have been my idea to actually create the hanging (laughs) imagery as well it was the artistic vision yeah i believe that (laughs) i'll take credit for that there was one big one i remember like a big fucker that was that i'm like that's got to be right in the middle Mm. and um and i even remember like when we were like like you said i mean to our credit to a high school boys teenage boys credit like we put some effort into it yeah you know um but i again i was unaware of the fear i thought that it i i was worried that it might actually be a little anticlimactic when you open the (laughs) locker but it was not because you were shook. I think I chased Eric to the office. It he felt- ran and hid in the principal's office. Yeah. <laughs> Coward. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No. And, you know, I am I am so sorry for that. <laughs> if I had known. See, that's the thing. But this just goes to prove the point, though. When you have something like that, let's just maybe maybe this is what the, the, the key to the whole thing is, is that if a fear is common. That it's uh, 
people's respect of that fear or acknowledgement of that fear is going to be diminished. Yeah. Oh, everybody's a little afraid of spiders, yeah. you know? And so the whole thing just gets kind of whitewashed and, and diminished. But, um, yeah, but, but, uh, if it is a legitimate fear, like I had never seen anybody react that way to spiders before. I'll tell this one. I'll tell one more real yeah. quick. And then I'm done with my spider anecdotes. These are pretty, the main, the main ones where people get to see it. Uh, there, I was working uh, in a bronze foundry, and I was working on the turntable where we pour bronze into these molds. And so the we were like shut down one day, or something was not working. So we were just like, we'll, you just like clean for the day, you know. So you know, a lot of times these molds break, and like bronze spills out under this platform. So we're like, well, we'll clean the, we'll get the bronze out from under. But it's you know, it's a big metal, you know, table, and so you just get on a little roller on your belly and get under it so it was my turn i went under there you kind of like scoop up as much as you can into this pan so meanwhile uh, some guy at work had like this pin but it was like this big realistic looking orb weaver spider and so as i'm like coming out on my you know back out from under it, sitting on the I-beam that, uh, you know, is the support for the table you're standing on, is this orb weaver. And the thing I'll remember most is the look on everyone else's faces <laughs> for how quickly I jumped off of this rolling platform <laughs> and, like, got, like, 10 feet away. Like, they went from laughing to just astonishment they were like no way you could ever move that way if you wanted to again like it was all it was just pure reaction you were like edward from twilight uh, yeah exactly <laughs> now wait a second this spider of his yeah this thing yeah they planted it there did they it know was like about a pin. it was like fake it was fake oh right right but i mean Oh, yeah, they knew I had a thing. Yeah. So they, oh, they did it on purpose to scare me. Yes. So two sets of people in your life. Oh, have... that's not the only time that ever happened at work. <laughs> There's one guy who, you know, a lot of people I worked with live out in the country. And this one dude, I had never seen a spider like this. It was crazy. It was like had like red legs and like a silver abdomen. And it was weird. But it had been on this guy's truck. They put it in a jar and then set it behind. This is when I was working in the office now. They said, excuse me. They set it behind my monitor. And for somehow, I didn't see it for nearly all day. It was at like 3 o'clock I noticed this thing. And I was frozen. Like that one, I didn't even move. I just saw it. And I was just like, I didn't move for like five minutes. Because it was just like, how long has that been here? How have I not seen that? Why is that here? You know, just a million questions. And, by, you know, uh, the guy I was working with came in. I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, thank God, dude. We were afraid that thing was going to die if you didn't look at it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then, So then they wouldn't put it back on the guy's truck. But it like had a web on his truck that just it would just hang on for days. Wow. Because it's web with like some of these webs, man, the tensile strengths of some of these webs. I walked into a couple of my parents' house who kind of lived in a wooded area. Oh, the big, like a big one by the door mm. Mm. where it doesn't break. That's almost creepier than just getting sticky shit all over you. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, ha having heard now of the fact that I was part of just what is ultimately a, a much larger conspiracy of fear. <laughs> 
plotted against you almost makes me feel bad for hating this movie. <laughs> Wait, what? No, everyone loves this movie, Tim. Tim hated this movie. This is going to be interesting. Well, let's... I mean, listen, I'll say this. As someone who uh, hates spiders, is terrified of spiders, I love this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I love all the characters in it. I love all the performances in it. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't think it's anything groundbreaking. Uh, I'm not like, oh, wow, no one did this thing better than arachnophobia, you know, unless it's a fun movie about spiders. <laughs> Well, okay. Uh, I, well, I'll just kind of give it bit by bit, and then yeah. we'll we'll kind of volley back and forth. Um, I just to give a little bit of background, uh, and and it's what I think might be the beginnings of of my issues with this movie. So this is kind of fun and interesting. Disney uh, decided to start to, as a result of some success of more adult oriented films yeah. that they were making decided to branch off Pretty into woman. a couple different arms of itself. So the first one is in 84 with touchstone. So touchstone mm-hmm. was going to have like PG and, you know, kind of creeping up on what, what would become PG 13. And then Hollywood pictures became the PG 13 to R. And this movie was the first outing of Hollywood pictures. Yeah. Uh, which was going to be supported by Amblin Entertainment, which was Steven Spielberg's uh, production company. So what you've got is a lot writing on the first entry of a new division of Disney and helmed by a first-time director who yeah. had been around the business of, for years and years as a producer. But, but still, I think that might be an explanation for what are my main issues with this movie. And that is, I feel like this movie is so cookie cutter and half hearted that I felt like it was insulting my intelligence. Oh, I, I literally felt like the dialogue was, I, I felt like it was like a weird carbon copy of all of the movies that this formula had worked in previous. Uh-huh. So, in Jaws, um, that sort of Spielberg feel and humor inserted, it all works. In Poltergeist, Steven Spielberg's Poltergeist, <laughs> that works as well. We see a really, like you and I talked about at length, the, 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 the trueness and the naturalness of the dynamic between the, the uh, mother and the father characters. In this movie, I felt like it was a copy of a copy of a copy that had been so watered down. It, you know, when you're in Disney World and you're going on the tra- like a tram yeah. ride, and then you see other people on real rides. Yeah, that's what this movie felt like to me. All right, it felt like. But tra- was it that way in 1990, or is it yeah. that way to you now? I think it would be. Well, yeah, it, it must have been because I couldn't remember anything about this movie. Did the you reason- see it though? Yeah, okay. I did. Because I remember the barn, <laughs> but the dialogue to me was so stilted, and and I know sometimes we use that word, and and what, what stilted dialogue is is basically dialogue that feels like it's trying a little too too hard. It might be overly grammatically correct, um, and as a result, sounds unnatural as opposed to real you know, human interaction. Uh-huh. So when I, especially when I saw like Jeff Daniels and 
and his wife, you know, they had that sort of like, you know, you know, that sort of like, we're sort of tired, but we're still got enough energy to be a little sarcastic and funny and balance out each other's humors with a couple zingers back and forth and volley and, and get a little bit of humor out. It yeah. just felt to me like the, it felt like Ikea, like a movie, an Ikea movie. Like it felt like, it felt like the palette was boring. It felt like the characters were caricatures. And I felt like, um, even some jokes that well, they kind of really, are caricatures. We're right, but the, it's not was, a very serious movie. But there were some jokes that weren't even jokes. It was like the Undertaker and his wife. Like the whole joke is like they like food, yeah. But they're not like oh, really overweight. Yeah, they and are. There's, it's like not like super overweight, but it's not like they were pretty overweight like for they, 1990. They, they eat a lot of food at a party, and they're that always guy. No, that guy stuff. is always eating, yeah, and but, he's the Undertaker. That's not a joke. <laughs> of course, it is. How is that not a joke? Because, because how many fucking morgue scenes do I have to watch where someone is almost throws up? Yeah. So I mean, the joke is: here's a guy who's so desensitized. He opens up this coffin. The guy is literally a withered husk, and he like sets his sandwich on top of it. Okay, that that I can get. That, yeah, that, he, that part. I that get. guy's always eating. Okay. Oh, and then right. yes, his wife is always eating. Yes, they're always eating. But yeah, and then but the, the, but the, not like they're in it for forty five minutes. But the but even the part that I thought was going to save the movie and and I, Lord knows we've talked about it before. I love John Goodman. Yeah. But I was embarrassed for him in this movie because I'm like, is he really? I mean, if it's if it's an homage, okay. But is he really doing a watered down version of Bill Murray and Caddyshack, which is essentially exactly what he's doing in this, this was, movie? Yeah, I could see Bill and, Murray doing this. And I was just like, I was like, oh, you're. And I'm but yeah, wrong. but that's what this. I don't know. I feel like you are really just looking through it like through modern eyes and not 1990 and like where Jeff Goldblum or where where John Goodman was. Because yeah, this role was like. I mean, he'd been in movies before, but this was probably the, you know, the most uh not popular movie because Revenge of the Nerds, but he was hardly. Yeah, there were so many other things remembered before him in that. Oh right. So this was a his like he was popping on Roseanne. This was like okay, get this was the Bill Murray ish movie break, right? Like this is the thing. Like there were even ads where it was just like almost like John Goodman's the main character of this movie. There were a couple ads that were like. John Goodman's playing the exterminator. He's fighting killer spiders. But and was, it did. And then he got the fucking babe after this movie and he went on to be a movie star. But it was like he was almost doing some of that like weird sort of like that sort of pursed lip like speech thing that like he, it was like he was even saying lines like but he was slack jaw. He had he was doing uh, I like this where he like he reaches up to listen for the termites and does this Oh, ah, I fucking loved that. I died. <laughs> well, the the other thing is, is that he's fast talking. He's yeah. Not, I mean, I, yeah, I guess he mushed a couple words. Yeah, but it, I it, totally get where because I did think I'm like, oh, had this been made at a different time, this would have made a great Bill Murray role. Right. 
Well, and and the thing is, I will say this, and it wasn't like I I disliked the whole thing. I really enjoyed Jeff Daniels. Okay. I, I I really enjoy that guy as a from what I understand, he's actually a pretty great guy in general. Like he helps out a lot of. You know, he still does a lot of theater, mm-hmm. um, you know, has a theater, gives a lot of people their their, you know, first shot. So I like that part of it. But it it just felt to me like. If a movie is now somebody might say be listening and, and they might say, well, look to me like they can't all fucking be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And, right. and that's that's fine. But. If you're going to dial back the gore and you're going to dial back the scare then at least give me that sort of X factor of like, um, I don't know, a little bit of creepiness, a little bit of peculiarness. I guess what I'm saying is I think a movie that takes smallish town America and does it right would be a movie like Gremlins. Gremlins is not Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. But it has an element of sort of peculiar peculiarity to it yeah. that is still engaging this to me just felt like beige wallpaper wow now the spider I mean, action I'm, i guess i'm not even going to disagree with you i get what you're saying i just think it was that detrimental maybe i'm judging it too harshly I mean, maybe because yeah uh, yeah it's spider jaws <laughs> you know it's <laughs> uh yeah the, it's a small town I was I not surprised like, by any of the characters. I felt like there were no stakes. But I still liked them. And and also I, I think another fun. No stakes. Problem. He had a wine cellar. He had bottles of wine worth $127 down there. <laughs> but you know, even as a he's, scotch drinker, I was like, ha! <laughs> but, <laughs> but even when he's down in the cellar, like like I think they do a poor job of not cutting back to what's going on outside like it's kind of like there were people outside and he got trapped in well the yeah cellar. they got out of the house but as far as we know they just went out and like got some wings or something and just chilled out like there's no i don't i didn't feel she was going to get delbert to bust open the because it was locked he couldn't get out we don't yeah. need to know what they're doing out there yeah they got out of the house that's what they were trying to do because that's where all the spiders were right right i guess um I guess w- what I'm getting at here is that now, yeah, th- they seem pretty confident. There, there were no spiders outside. Right. Sure, but you know, here's the thing: like, you can do caricatures in a movie. Like, for example, I mean, uh, it's something that Tim Burton does really well, where he has these way over the top, way unbelievable right. people. But, but there is that flavor of peculiarness there that makes it engaging this to me just felt like um i don't know i didn't feel like there was a lot of tension between the characters but i'll tell you what i think the biggest issue is and this isn't even the movie's fault it's not even the movie's fault that is i have no one to cheer for or against because these spiders are doing nothing wrong (laughs) Absolutely nothing wrong. There's no vicious intent. I was waiting for like maybe Julian Sands character to like have purposely planted these spiders so that there could be some sort of underlying like, you know, evil, sinister element to it. But it's literally just spiders being spiders. Well, yeah, it's an invasive species story, but it could destroy the ecosystem. I mean, that's pretty bad. But maybe like if it was sort of a revenge tale, like maybe if the people in the town had like canceled their recycling program or something like that. (laughs) This is like, <laughs> something better than that. So you wanted it to be something dumb, not just like an accident. Well, but, well, if, it's an an accident? Accident? but if it's an accident, then who's I mean, 
there's nothing what the spiders are doing is not wrong. It's just there's no there's no right, but you still have to stop it. Yeah, I guess you could say the same thing about Jaws. Well, well he not feels even like because he's up to we something. don't live in the ocean. Like, yeah, sorry. Okay. Like as a land dweller. And as the dominant species, we kind of get to dictate where we live. We do our best, some of us, uh, as a collective to, you know, still keep some spaces for animals to live in by themselves without humans. But, yeah, once it's like we've established something and you're going to and it's like you're not going to be like, well, guess what, everyone? We've got a new species of spider here that will kill everyone. So either move out or die. There's nothing we can do about it. Like, well, you would try and eradicate those spiders. Oh, right. Yeah, you would. And then, and then they do do that. I mean, they do give a nice explanation how it could just spread. Yeah. No invasive species is doing anything technically wrong. Yeah. But they are doing something that will be detrimental to the humans that live within that ecosystem. Right. Just make sure you don't just, just make sure you don't name them after a group of people. Um, like, what? the whole with their renaming Asian carps. Uh, oh, are they? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyhow, let me ask you this question. I, I did get a little excited for a second because I was like meatloaf, and then it, it wasn't meatloaf. Um, who do you think was meatloaf? The yeah, uh, the coach. Oh. <laughs> excited for a second that's funny but, but i like that guy and if, if that is the same guy from um prince of darkness isn't it jason uh, something yeah else? yeah yes yeah okay You're right yeah and so and i like that character shame. but i i need you to answer me this They're question because i and shame on me because i'm sure that it's clearly stated but i want i need you to answer me this question because i'm dying to know yeah the character that is sympathetic to um both Julian Sands and uh, uh, our star. Yeah, Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. What is his The job? guy that comes to help, Chris yeah, Collins. Who, who Brian is... McNamara. I know. He was in... No, no, no. Not that. Not the guy that's with Julian Sands. Oh. The guy that holds some sort of other, like, maybe governmental office or... Oh, the coroner or the... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's the coroner. Oh, that's the coroner. Uh, okay. Yeah, is it this guy? No, that's Peter Jason. Uh, he, he wears like I'll bolo ties. Him. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, and I can't think of what his name is. Not him. Not him. I don't know. But he, it, but he's a coroner, though. I, that, yes, I, I didn't get that because I liked that. I liked that there was somebody of some authority that believed what what they were going through. It was kind of like he was supporting Jeff Daniels character. And that was nice to have him in there. Yeah. Like somebody was on his side. Yeah. Okay. So Who, there's, it was the corner. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yes, that was a good character to have. And he was probably the least, uh, stereotypical. He just kind of seemed like, like a regular that. guy. Yeah. He was my favorite part of the movie. I mean, yeah, I get, I mean, I get what you're saying about like the Tim Burton and his characters. And yeah, these small town people were just kind of, I don't know. They're just kind of small town people. The sheriff was just kind of a dope. Uh, yeah, he was kind of one note. Uh, but that guy, uh, what's his name? Roy Bron? No, 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 no. Uh, damn it, the sheriff, uh, Stuart Pankin. Yeah, who uh, some of my friends would know from uh, the Hollywood Nights, a hilarious movie he plays Dudley. But he was on not necessarily the news way back in the early '80s. That was like the first kind of fake news show 
that I ever remember seeing. That was big. That was on HBO. Um, but then I really like the doctor because Jeff Daniels is a doctor. The, his whole point to coming into town is the like town doctor is retiring. Yeah. And he's about to inherit all his patients. And then the guy's like, actually, I decided not to retire. And I, I love this character because he is a huge dick. Yeah. He is the type of guy who does everything for himself, but he cloaks it in this guise of I'm a doctor and I'm here to help people. Yeah. But on but what he's really do he uses that in order to benefit himself in every way. Like when he, they say he threw he throws himself a party like when he first moved into town. Uh he he does more public relations than he does actual medicine in the town like he's just one of those guys. I will say you're right about that. I did, as far as like something to connect to, the idea of somebody sort of completely uprooting their family and taking a major financial risk only to be like, hey, um, you don't have a job here, yeah. really. Um, that, that to me felt like stakes. And it also felt like um, they really paint that older doctor as really kind of a shitty doctor on top of it. Yeah. Um, that... Um, that part I was I was invested in and buying into. Um, and, and again, j- just going back to Jeff Daniels for a second, like. I don't know how, how you don't like this guy. I mean, anybody I, I don't know how anybody would not identify with him. I've tried to really sit and think about what it is about him that seems so likable or relatable. It's even down to his like delivery. I mean, there, there's something about him that feels so. Oh God, there's no right way to say it. Just human and and like you know how when you talk to people that just have they're blessed with a natural disposition disposition where they're really listening to you. Yeah, and they really make you feel at ease. He's that kind of screen presence. Like he makes you feel relaxed and at ease. Right. And he's great, and he saves it. Um, I, I really feel like with any any other um, actor, I think it it really might have been even more problematic than it is. Yeah. But I I think that my my biggest issue was that I just felt like there was maybe a pattern established with the '80s Amblin movies that had. Even E.T. has more edge than this movie. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like the the little bit of edginess or stakes that were infused into these family movies when they were first happening in the 80s, I just felt like it had dried out by the time it got to this movie. And, um, and even that climax at the end didn't uh, it just didn't feel overly climactic to me um and and who knows maybe they should have started the spider stuff fast like more spiders faster because i will say there's a lot of spiders and they're unique looking spiders okay yeah and that's I, what i was gonna get into the spider stuff we're going on up. okay so uh quick side note well that's not really a side note this is just part of it but uh fun fun story i kicked the uh, cord out of our little amplifier that the mics plug into which then uh, destroyed the cord it uh, broke 
So uh, we are now back together. We're recording again. Just to, I know it sounds like this has been seamless, but it's been six days since we talked last. So we're going to start talking again. We were just getting onto the spiders. Hopefully, we don't repeat anything we've talked about. Um, so yeah, sorry about that. Man, if there was ever a movie that I just want to keep that discussion going. Right, I wanted you to dwell on it for (laughs) another week. No, I am excited to talk about it because when the cord got kicked out was literally right when we were talking about, of all things, the spiders in this movie. Yeah. So one thing that I noticed uh, right off the bat was that these spiders in particular have Whatever, I'm sure that there's actually a word for it, but they have that look where somewhere towards the front of their legs, the the there is one set of legs that are longer than the rest. Yeah. And it's probably just specific to that breed or breeds similar to that. But it does give it an even, I think, kind of slightly more menacing feel. Like they look that extra long set of legs looks uh, kind of almost mutant. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't even know if those are legs. Are they or they're like mandibles? Maybe they are. That makes know. it even. Yeah. A spider with arms. I mean, here's why I think this movie did well and people do like it. And yeah, I don't think people like it for the issues that you had with it. No one went into it and was like, oh, what a unique story or. You know, wow, never seen this character before. However, these spiders, they're they are native to Australia. They've been introduced in New Zealand. That's about the only place you can get them. The, the soldier spiders. Yes. So at the time, and this is before the internet, so it's not like you just look, you know, unless you were really into spiders, you didn't know as an American what the fuck this spider was. That's true. So there's kind of that factor initially. And I think the way they treat the spiders and the way they film them is super creepy. And there are a lot of really cool shots like the uh, when the old woman gets the first death that we have, the old woman, you get a lot of cool shots of it, like it, like inside that lampshade. Um, I mean, that's just a cool shot. It, it's enough to where. I you know you feel the danger. There's that part the spider almost gets to the cat. And she scoops it up. I think they do they they do a lot of good stuff with the tension of the spiders. Uh, and it's a it's a weird looking spider that you've never seen. So even you as a viewer is like I don't I don't know what to expect from this type of spider. The spiders themselves are very unique because they're huntsman spiders. They live like under like bark. So they're able to flatten themselves. So a lot of shots in this where it looks like they just like kill a spider. Uh, there's one where the two where the two younger girls are trying to scare each other with nursery rhymes. And we see a spider coming down from the ceiling and it like they like drop a book on it and then step on the book. The spider's fine because it can just flatten itself. And it that's like its habitat, essentially. Uh, so. I don't know. I just really, I think that's part of the appeal of this movie to me. Were the spiders in it, ironically? Yeah, no, I would agree with you because I. And they're social, so you can get a bunch of them together. 
Yes. And what I, you know, just if on that production tip there that we're talking about, the one thing that I was kind of tickled by was the fact that nobody quite did enough research to know that they weren't going to be able to ship the spiders back after they were done. Oh, really? So oh, I didn't they, know that. Yeah, they just had to keep them. Like, <laughs> now where they went to or what happened to them, I don't know. And I don't even know how to feel about that because. If I sit here and say like, oh, well, they probably just killed them all. That sounds terrible. Maybe not so much to you. But to me, right. it's like that's a like thousands of spiders. There, there's no way they did that. So so if they did whatever spider wrangler, he probably took them and, you know, kept them through introduced their days. a new. Yeah. Breed. Yeah. Released them in my backyard. And <laughs> right. yeah. now these spiders are essentially harmless. Uh, yeah. They don't really bite if they do. This is the rumor I've heard. They do not kill you. It has to be the only spider that does that. But if they bit you, though, you would be the one person that would die. <laughs> yeah, from. That, yeah, that's true. That <laughs> no, is my luck. I will. I will say this about these. Let, let's just call it the spider action in this movie. Um, it was very well done, and it's not to say that Kingdom of the Spiders was not well done, but Kingdom of the Spiders felt a lot more like. Like, okay, guys, all the spiders are over there. Film them. (laughs) (laughs) Film them now while they're all right there. Yeah. And uh, this felt more like people scattering them around and then get out of the shot. These spiders seemed like better actors. They just they they seem to be able to craft more intricate spider action, whereas Kingdom of the Spiders, we just get a lot of wide shots of just spiders out and about. Yeah, I think they were able to I read they used a lot of like heat and cold to attract or repel the spiders, so they were actually kind of able to herd them in a way. Yeah. Speaking of heat and cold, uh, one thing just me being nitpicky, uh, one thing that I did discover is that wine because it plays a big part in the uh, the climax of the movie, mm-hmm. wine does not have a high enough alcohol concentration to burn. Yeah. I like, don't think that was wine, though, that he used at oh. the end. It seemed like it was a different type of... Uh, maybe it, they were, it was supposed to be wine. Yeah. But it seemed like some sort of cognac or something, just shaped... But just by the bottle shape itself, I've never seen a wine bottle that shape. I just yeah, and and the thing is, it's fine either way because like you see so much of that in movies and TV growing True. up. That as a kid, you think like if you just like light a lighter near a can of beer, it's going to be like napalm. <laughs> right. And so we all buy into that, and that's cool. I think I've even tried to light some alcohol on fire, and yeah, it has to be like a hundred proof or more. Yeah, like it has to be really really potent. And it doesn't really. I mean, it's the it's the vapor itself that's uh, that's combustible. So it's like. Even if you've lit a glass of vodka on fire, just the top would, you know, it's not going to eventually burn up like gas would. Right. It's just kind of like, yeah, uh, yeah until you it burns itself off, it's just going to be this nice little blue flame. You can't really do that 90s, early 2000s, like cool, like walk away from it in the background. Like it's not going to give you a lot of pyrotechnics in the back. Yeah. They're just not even going to see it. Um Speaking of not even seeing something, one thing that surprised me about this movie, I don't know if it bothered me um, one way or the other. I guess it just surprised me that for this being so family friendly, there's actually very little with the kids in this movie. Yeah, Um, there's and and I I guess it bothered me not to an extent that I needed a whole giant storyline with kids, um, 
but it, I think that it lacked some of the balance that Poltergeist had, where Poltergeist doesn't feel like, oh, God, we're just slogging through a kid's movie. It never feels like that. Mm-hmm. But the kids are obviously a huge part of it, and it kind of rounds out the whole thing, and it actually ups the stakes a little bit. Yeah. Um, I really kind of felt like the the kid characters were a little neglected in, in this movie. They, they, that family dynamic was neglected a bit. Um. Okay. But it's not really about the family. Like it's I mean, Ghostbusters is kind of a kid's movie. There are no kids in that movie. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so just because a movie you can take kids to doesn't need to focus around the kids. True, true. Now, I'm, yeah, you could have done it where one of the kids has the spider phobia and is kind of the main character or whatever. Like I could see you putting a teenager in that role. Yeah. Maybe, you know, you gotta change the dynamic probably, like single parent, one of those things. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess a part of it too is that maybe it's not even just screen time with the kids, but it's just, I don't know. The son is like not in this movie. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I see what you're saying there. I can't even remember how many kids are in this movie now, to be honest <laughs> with you. But what I guess what I'm saying too, is that and I, I'm, I'm, you know, keep referencing poltergeist, but poltergeist creates that tension of the you know the swimming pool (laughs) which by the way i want to make a comment that if you just say pool we know what you're talking about like (laughs) does anybody say the swimming pool anymore i don't know but um (laughs) but anyway like there seems to be a parental concern as there would be in real life for the the well-being of the kids yeah and it it really seems like the only thing that we're concerned about the well-being of is jeff daniels medical career (laughs) in this like that's like the most crucial that is pretty crucial to the success of the children well that's true you can't raise your kids if you are broke (laughs) that's true you are the patron saint for this movie i'm not gonna let you diss this movie (laughs) here's what i love about this though is that it is this is your fear like this is this is your fear and yet you really really enjoy the movie i think that that's well it's like this movie almost encompasses a lot of my very specific things about it like i uh, every movement jeff daniels makes uh, the panic he has in his certain scenarios, I feel that. And then at the same side, because I mean, yes, this is a movie where it's like this is a new breed of spider or whatever, but it's really not too far fetched. I mean, it's kind of based in a reality. Mm-hmm. Now, however, the part that is not realistic, but is part of my fear, is this like the general spider seems to know what the fuck's going on. Mm -hmm. Like everything he does is part of a plan. Like, because, you know, so in the beginning of the movie, uh, they're, you know, exploring this basin and they are, you know, finding this new breed of spider, but they realize they're just the soldier one. And they're like, God, hate to see the general. Meanwhile, the general has like jumped into their supplies. Like he's like, I'm going to leave my home. Because I know they're going somewhere else I want to be, you know, so it's this weird and he knows to like bite this guy and then get away and hide. And now I'm going to hitchhike on in his casket to go here. And there's a lot of and even at the end, like those close ups of his of the eyes, even before he's on Jeff Daniels, it just feels like it's plotting, Mm -hmm. which is how I feel Mm -hmm. spiders act. Yeah. And I know that's irrational and I know they don't. 
they like do they have any fucking brain capacity at all uh you know they're probably just a reactionary instinct uh, machine but to me it's like oh if i even attempt to hit a spider it's gonna scurry away and then sit there and wait for me to fall asleep and then come fuck with me while i can't do anything like i'm like a hundred percent sure that's what's happening and that's how i that's how this spider worked and i was like i knew it you know it's funny i i think that you're exactly right and there's um it's interesting the the animals and the species that we choose to consider cute versus anything else and i remember seeing a documentary once that was it was something very specific it's not just by chance that we think oh that that animal is cute it has to do with like um the measurements and the dimensions of like the facial features and like how like wide apart the eyes are or how tall the forehead is or something like that. There is like a, a, a sort of generally general universally agreed upon cuteness factor <laughs> that is based on these these sorts of uh, the symmetry and this measurement of, of the look of an animal. Uh, the spider uh, having none of that, <laughs> right. by the way. So it makes sense. Now, I'm going to ask you a funny question, and I don't know, this just dawned on me. Um, okay, so spiders are not insects. They're not animals. They're arachnids. Is there any, well, they're animals. Is, okay. Is there any arach, Is there any arachnid that is not a spider? Uh, yeah. Uh, ticks are arachnids. Really? Yeah. Crabs, lobsters. Oh, shit. Yeah. So what defines Part an arachnid family. then? I mean, everything that you said, they all kind of seem a little similar. Yeah. So I can I can sense the and connection. I could be wrong, but I feel like I've read that or they're a part, of, you know, maybe not. And I'm getting my, you know, family genus species uh, things wrong. I'm sure I'm not even going to try. And I failed uh, biology, even though now as an adult, I love it. Um, But yeah, I know. I Yeah. Ticks, definitely scorpions. Um. Yeah, anything with eight legs, essentially. Okay, so uh, I, I, I'm just gonna say this: I can't stand ticks. Yeah. So as ticks far as arachnids go, I was spiders are way higher on the cuteness and desirable factor sure. there versus ticks. Um, but I'm not afraid of a tick. I'll touch a tick. I'll pick a tick up. Really? Yeah. Oh, sure. Why not? Oh, I have. I'm gonna sit down mathematically and figure out where this is all coming from because there's <laughs> got to be like, like there's just out of so many different facets of what might create the spider fear but um, uh, but I, i'm i'm sure the venom is a huge part of it i mean i know that that it is yeah like i would hate to die that way just because uh everyone would be like oh man but the uh, snakes don't bother you in the same way <sighs> no no snakes are cool though i mean i wouldn't like approach a snake in the wild yeah um, but scary. I wouldn't be like, fuck, and like barf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, I will say this, because um, I, I think this is kind of what we're knocking on the door of here. And I have a note of it as, as well. Um, it's a very simple note. It just says, uh, gets better with more spiders. And I have that tied to a note that says, the horror scenes are barely above Goosebumps quality. Um, now that's nothing against goosebumps. I like goosebumps. Mm. Uh, I also like the haunting hour. I like all that stuff and there's nothing wrong with that level of fear. It's just its own level. 
I didn't feel that the level of fear in this movie ever, even if it was only going to happen once, twice, three times, yeah. ever got to, for me, anyhow, ever got to a point where it was like, okay, they pushed it there. Like, they really, they went with it, yeah. you know, and ramped it up a little bit. Um, now, see, how- when they made this movie, it what like, when it came out, again, I, I think this is because you're viewing it, like, 30 years later. But when it came out, because they came up with this, Stupid term, and I remember it when it came out that it's a thrillomedy, right? Because it was too scary, and like people were like, This is creepy and scary, and so they were like, They added they made it humorous, yeah, and then we're like, So, uh, yeah, it's like a thriller comedy, a thrillomedy, yeah, that no one has ever used again after that. No, like no one would call it's funny, like nobody's gonna call Jurassic Park a thrillomedy. Right. But yeah. it kind of fits the yeah, bill even, though. Yeah, even though every uh, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum line is kind of funny. Right. Um But okay, but and and, and, and just to be fair though, we watch a lot of older movies. Sure. Uh, that I like. Um I mean that but, scene where they're in the um when they go to the uh the um uh, mortician? Is that him? Yeah, yeah. The mortician. Uh-huh. When they go to his house and they find them dead and then they're looking, they have to, they want to find a live spider. That scene, you don't find that scene tense? When they're like looking around. Yeah, no, I liked I that do. stuff. I, I did. I think when they, they find when the fucking sheriff pulls a dead spider out of the cereal he's been eating. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my worst nightmares right there. Uh, I do not eat out of a box like that. For did that I ever, reason. Did I ever tell you my grape nuts story? No. I don't I, know. Maybe. Real quick. This is a simple story. I was in Florida as a kid, and my grandma uh, was getting us some cereal. And I had never had grape nuts because I'm not 85 years old. Um, but she did. And so she poured some grape nuts. Uh, or uh, Yeah, that's what they're called, right? Grape yeah. nuts? Okay. Um, into the bowl. She gives it to me. At that time, I was weird and didn't like milk in my cereal. I just like gnawing on sawdust and like chewing my gums up. Mm, yeah. And um, <laughs> and uh, so I'm halfway through that bowl. I'm half awake. We were at the ocean the day before, kind of beat up and sunburnt and everything. I'm halfway through the bowl. I look down and it is moving. Oh. It's moving quite a bit the entire substance of what i've been eating is moving and then i walked up and i show i just held it out to my grandma she just instinctively picked up the box dumped it out filled with gnats like just crawling all it was more gnats than grape nuts oh it was grape gnats (laughs) (laughs) i've never I've never used that joke until this second. Um, but That's yes. very funny. <laughs> but no, it was disgusting. So for you... <laughs> or you could go nape nuts <laughs> yeah. with a silent G on nets. <laughs> nape nuts. Nape nuts. Oh, I like that. Uh, yeah, you don't you don't often get to use the silent G. No. So yeah, don't, don't miss that opportunity. And, and you have to put the... You have to make that part of nets because if you just do silent G, you got rape nuts and no one wants those. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that doesn't usually... Uh, you know, stuff doesn't fly off the shelves <laughs> that way. Um, except for whistles. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but going back to what you said, though, I, I think you're right. The, the combination of the food thing with the dead spider. I also like that moment because I wish they had a little bit more of it. Something that's so great about these movies, these sort of creature 
horror adventure type movies is when you really solidify the chemistry of the the tribe Mm -hmm. of the group when when it's kind of like this mismatched group of you know two three four six people that from different walks of life that have come together for this this crazy thing to happen whether it's uh jurassic park or tremors or something like that if the movie starts to feel really relatable and tangible when we now have our set group. Yeah. And I don't know if they really settled on the group. I mean, it's, it's um, that's a good like, cause I liked that character of the guy that's Julian Sands assistant. Yeah. I kind of like that guy. He's sort of nondescript, but there was something about him that I like, I didn't know at first if it was like he was scheming or up to something, but he was just kind of a straight up normal dude. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I would have maybe liked it. Yeah, he kind of comes in over halfway through. And he's just like, where has this guy been? And and, and go ahead, bring him in. But I think they should have maybe solidified. I think they should have gotten the whole group together. Because as soon as they get back to Jeff Daniels' house, everybody goes in a different direction. That's the problem. If they would have all sort of stayed together, you got your Julian Sands. You got, uh, if we get John Goodman in the mix. And we've got this ragtag bunch of people who are going to now face these spiders. Mm -hmm. I think that would have given it a little bit more of that. Like, fuck yeah, let's do this. You know, we got our gang together now. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, John Goodman kind of does that when he, you know, he's got the big moment. He shows up, he's geared up. Oh yeah. He's got his special spray that is just sizzling these spiders. Yeah. I kind of liked that. How it like, it like burned the spiders. Yeah. Cause his normal (laughs) stuff did not work on them. No, no. He's got to bring out the, I mean, not something I'd want sprayed all over my house, but they don't want that house anymore. I mean, I would literally set that house on fire <laughs> and never set foot in it again. Did you see this movie in the theater? Yeah. Hell yeah. And did your, who did you go with? Um, Friends or family? No, I went uh, with friends. Yeah. It was like one of those, uh, cause I was in eighth grade. So parents drop you off. Yeah. Parents drop me off. And it was a lot of fun. Like that was when I've noticed, thank God kids don't really do it today but man were we fucking obnoxious in a movie (laughs) uh because you would have just like three rows of middle schoolers or high schoolers yeah Yeah. uh because everyone sat together and so it was fun like i remember you know people yelling oh my cousin was there yeah i remember my cousin yelling out something specific during the uh uh, wheel of fortune when they're watching fortune uh you know I don't remember what she yelled, but wow, that was a weird memory. I didn't remember until right. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I saw it with a group of people. I think then I went and saw it with my mom too. I might have seen it twice in the theater. Wow. Yeah. So it might. Because I liked it. I was like, mom, we should go see this. So this is this obviously did what actually a lot of horror movies are are meant to do, which is to present people with the opportunity to confront their fears in a safe space in a safe environment so that they can have the thrill of of facing the fear but but not worry about their own safety yeah so this movie especially at the level of you know uh intensity that it was was probably felt pretty safe for you yeah yeah and no one you know fucked with me in the movie yeah that's good yeah that came later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, friends fucking with you for spiders. <laughs> um, so do you feel like as a as someone who 
has a thing with spiders. Do you think that you would have been more afraid of this movie or Kingdom of the Spiders if you had seen both of them in the theater? Because Kingdom um, of the Spiders feels a little bit more. I mean, it's obviously shooting for more of a a real trauma, dramatic right. angle. Yeah. So that, that might have bothered uh, you more. Yeah. And when it's uh, a lot of tarantulas like that, um, I don't know, because it did take me. I did not watch that. It took me a while to watch that movie. I yeah. mean, our friend had it, tried to get me to watch it. Yeah. And for some reason, I'd be like, no, but I'll <laughs> go watch Arachnophobia again, you know, and that might have been from the several times as a child looking at the box of that of kingdom of the spiders and just like imagining shit and yeah. you know so it's probably very in my head about it um but also yeah kingdom of the spiders has i think because arachnophobia is like i it, it's creepier uh because the spiders are smaller and they're more you know it's not like um when people are are dying that it's like they're being swarmed by spiders. It's like just one fucking spider somewhere in their house. Yeah. And that's what gets them. Um, but it, yeah, kingdom of the spiders, it's almost like overload, but also it's like, uh, like when they fall out of, the, you know, when they fall out of the fucking visor in the car. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess kingdom of the spiders is scarier, but, yeah, I don't know. But I enjoy arachnophobia a lot more. Did you happen to notice, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg can't help himself. Did you happen to notice that, um, I think it was on TV, there was some Back to the Future stuff? Or um, or no, maybe, no, it was Family Ties. Yes, but it Michael was, P. Keaton. Yeah, and so that's a little tie to Back to the Future. Plus, it was the scene that, that we first see is- Wait, of- did Spielberg? What did he do? Did he produce Back to the Future? Oh, didn't he? Did he not? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. It just maybe it just seems Zemeckis like directed it, but I can't. I can't yeah, remember right, if Spielberg right. was associated with it or not. I mean, fucking probably it was the but, 80s. right. But nobody, <laughs> what popular movie wasn't he associated with? But at very least, when they did show the family ties scene, it was Stephen, the father. Yeah, uh, that they you know this is the first person we see, but um. Yeah, I I was kind of looking for a second a little bit into if um if there was a little bit of a poltergeist issue here with him, you know, Spielberg kind of overrunning the uh the directorial duties and whatnot. Yeah. This nothing movie did that, not feel like it. Nothing of that really came up either. It it said that he was around. I think he really loved I think Spielberg really loved that Amblin Pictures thing, uh, his his production house. Yeah. Like, I think that for him, it was kind of like, I'm going to bring all of my childhood fantasies to life, and I'm going to have my own company, mm-hmm. and my company is going to, my the product of my company is going to be my childhood fantasies. Yeah. And that's, so yeah, he should get involved. I, I I think though that like from what I saw, like you said, it it doesn't really feel like Spielberg, but um, other than maybe some of the tone here and there, but it didn't it didn't look like his brushstroke, right? But then again, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool that they took a a producer and said like, "Hey man, yeah, like you you're not really known as one of the artists, but why don't you try it?" <laughs> right? You know, good for them. And and that's a good safe movie to just let someone new try directing. Well, and I will say this: there there is there's always something for everybody because 
most of our movies I do not watch with uh, with my kids. Um, and I have one daughter in particular who, you know, is maybe a little bit more easily spooked by things or they stick with her for a little bit longer. Yeah. And she watched this and had no problem with it whatsoever. She was engaged the whole time. Uh, she liked it. Um, never felt like, cause I know like if something really bothers her, she will not let me forget it for like six months. <laughs> right. And she'll say like, like I, I try to get her to watch jaws and she's like, if you ever want me to take a shower again, like that's <laughs> if you want to be able to leave the house and leave me alone. And I'm like, honey, like there's no way if I leave you alone in the Midwest, right. that a great white shark is going to get you. Show her that, uh, SNL old SNL and shark sketch. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Or or House Shark, that movie that we have to do. Um, yeah. But uh she'll never see that. But um but no Neither that, will we. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> so so yes, I enjoyed the fact that I was able to watch one of our movies with her. She liked it. Um I think it probably speaks to all the things that you're saying about the fact that this was a really beloved movie, uh, by the critics, by audiences, and I think part of it is we talk a lot about titles. Um, I don't know if I had ever heard the term arachnophobia before this movie. Hmm. And it is kind of, um, I mean, I guess it's not that obscure of a term, but I. That's where I was like, this dude from Yale doesn't. And he is afraid of spiders. Doesn't know what arachnophobia is. Well, or just called it spider fear. Yeah. His his stockbroker wife had to be like, you have arachnophobia. Now that you bring it up, um, there were a couple academic... I have some issues with this movie, yeah. <laughs> Tim. <laughs> there were a couple academic things that I was a little, like, mm, head-scratchy on. Um, mainly, and I don't know, it's not really academic, but just the, uh, the authenticity of it. The Spanish at the beginning of the movie, uh-huh. um, I don't speak Spanish fluently at all, and I nor am I going to claim to. Maybe there's some sort of, like shared meaning of this phrase where it could also mean something else but the the native actor was sort of gesturing forward with his hand so as to say and when they translate they say that he's saying i'm not going to go any further right like i'm not going to continue on what the actor says though as he's moving his arm forward away from him so as to indicate where he's no longer going to go he says que pasa (laughs) and i'm like uh what (laughs) like i I don't i mean maybe they were thinking that it sounded like pass or something like that i don't know but i was like man i wish i knew spanish better because i think that this might be all over the map here interesting but um (laughs) Maybe he's just a really cool guy, and he's just got an awesome way of talking. He's like the like South American Fonz. Um, but but either way, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I know that there. I'm sure that there are people listening to this, yourself included, that are probably like, I can't believe for all of the crap, like legitimately, like uh, what I want to say, inept filmmaking that we've covered, <laughs> over, you know, over this stretch of time that I would pick this movie to be so tough on um, because I know, and I'm, I'm well aware of the fact that I give a pass to a lot of things just because I like it. Yeah. Um, even though I know that the quality is suffering, 
I guess there's no lack of quality here. It's um, maybe it's just not the right amount of bite that that I'm looking for. So to yeah, there's enough bite for me. <laughs> I I okay. I let me let me just rewind one second. I do think, and we say this a lot, but I think this movie could have been fixed very easily. And it's a simple plan. Just get more spiders faster. That that's that would be. I know we're in the jungle in the beginning, and that part's cool. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. When we get to the town, g- just pick it up a little bit quicker. Get get the spiders going. Get a lot of them going. It's not to say that they aren't introducing risk and fear and yeah. things building, but I don't think it's uh, enough. Fast enough is my thing. Okay. Um, but because when the spiders get going, when we're seeing them in almost every frame, that's when I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. this is kind of cool. Like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so. Well, that's what a climax is. <laughs> right. That's the whole point. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It just. Because um, if you had just been seeing spiders the whole time, then at the end, you're just like, yeah, all right, of course. Well, I guess Kingdom of the Spiders felt like there was a, there was a tangible spider pr- there was danger from the beginning, right? In that town, yeah. Uh, whether it was a cow or whatever else, I mean, there there was, you know, bad things were happening right away. Yeah. Um. This it just kind of felt like. I mean, I know they've got to get in some exposition. I don't hold that against them, but um, I don't know. I just felt like it felt a little uh vanilla to me. I guess that's fair. I mean, that's a fair criticism. But maybe it's a vanilla. I mean, not every, again, I said at the very beginning, not every movie is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. I I get it. Um, But I just think that when you have family fair thrillomities, even though, you know, some of this is a little bit of a cheat because these are meant to be harder movies. But I think when you've got things to compare it to, like Gremlins or Tremors or Poltergeist, I just don't know if it, Oh, speaking of Gremlins, because, yeah, it is. It's very Gremlinish. Even if you go back and watch the trailers for this uh, movie, the music in it, you uh-huh. can't really hear it because the fucking voiceover is like so loud on every trailer. But the back, like you hear like this, wah, 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 wah. like it sounds like <laughs> Gremlins, but you can't hear enough of it to be like that definitely is Gremlins or just they're trying to make me remember gremlins yeah sometimes they play on that like you know that they just borrow a sound sound cue or a progression of notes yeah um it's so funny this is kind of a bit of a tangent in the uh mid to late 90s just to talk about what a what a spectacle smells like teen spirit was like that sort of staccato progression of notes started to be used like all over the place. Like there'd be like a, like a commercial for like kids, like fruit roll-ups and it, it would be like, but it was like all over the place. It right. wasn't exactly smells like teen spirit, but it was that same sort of like couple of notes, you know, spaced out mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so, yeah, that, that just happens. I mean, and it makes sense too. Like, hey, if it's kind of like they used to just come right out and say it, like in the in the sixties, like if you liked Gremlins, you'll love. You know, yeah. they try to be a little bit more coy about it now, but um, yeah. But but 
I recently watched Gremlins like a year ago, yeah. and I for, had forgotten just how f- kind of fucking like nihilistic that movie is. Yeah. I mean, it's it is hardcore. Yeah, in in a lot of ways, and I I didn't I I literally didn't remember that people died, and they get <laughs> fucking killed in yeah. that movie. Um, and I guess you know, I guess not except even, for Dick Miller, it looks like he dies, but he's alive. Yeah, Walter. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I guess I just would have liked a little bit, just a little peppering more of some edge in this. That would, that would have, all right. It would have done. I mean, me. I see, I, I don't know. That's kind of what I liked. Cause it wasn't, there aren't a lot of spider movies. Okay. Um, and it's either you do it this way or it's ridiculous. Like eight legged freaks where it's like mutant spiders. Yeah. Uh, I also kind of like that movie, but not as much because it's just more. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, This one, I was just like, I could see it happening. Probably wouldn't happen, but I could see it happening. Okay. How about this then? Let's keep uh, the intensity where it's at. But let's bring somebody in to punch up the script a little bit with some humor, because like the Burbs is also kind of like a family ish. You know, like don't, you don't have to be like a full grown adult to see the burbs and yeah. appreciate it. Like part of it was for younger audiences, but I mean, it's it's a funny movie. It's, oh yeah, it's one of the most underrated movies of all time. I, I feel I like agree. it's getting like a little bit of underground buzz now as the years go oh, on. Finally, good. But um, but yeah, maybe maybe punch up the comedy a little. Dude, bit. his friend. How did that guy not become a huge star? The uh, uh, the the kind of like his, uh, the, the big uh, dumpy yeah the, yeah. the Ophi because he was hilarious in that and he like did that and then he had like a bit part in Die Hard and I don't think I've ever seen him yeah, again. That's right, yeah. And but he was, was so good in the Burbs, right? Like that's breakout role. Yeah, and he just kept he broke out and left. Yes, yeah. and it, it doesn't even have to be like he doesn't have to go to be on to like a, a be a superstar. You're telling me you can't find like a part in Scrubs for that guy somewhere? <laughs> right. Like put him on a series. Like he's funny. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, such a great movie. Um, okay, so I so you recommend you, the Burbs? Well, uh, I do, <laughs> I do, and it's funny you read my mind. God damn it, you're getting really good with the telepathy. Um, so I will say this: I really have almost painstakingly struggled with whether or not I was going to say if I would recommend this, and I know that it's not like the fate of the world doesn't hang on this decision, but um, I guess it all boils down to what your definition of recommend is <laughs> and does recommend mean in one sense, uh, Hey, listening audience, you should go out and watch this movie. Or does it mean, um, I th- think that it's competent enough to be more good than bad. Yeah. So I will, I'll give you two on both of those fronts. Do I think that it's it's competent enough to be more good than bad? Yes. Would I tell somebody to run right out and and see arachnophobia who hadn't seen it? No. All right. Yeah, I'd recommend it though. It is weird though. Like I'll say this because yeah, when it came out, like it was uh it seemed a lot funnier. I think the humor in it hit harder. Not that it was like, wow, what is, you know, did the Zucker brothers write this? But, uh, you know, just like Jeff Daniels being like, yeah, uh, Lloyd, if we, you know, if we find the spider, you can arrest it. Like, that was kind of funny at the time. Even John Goodman just doing his like, yeah, I'm bad. Like, that was like hilarious 
at the time. Yeah. And but yeah, now it doesn't hit as hard now at all. I did notice that where I was just like, oh. Like I just remember being like, this guy's fucking crushing it at the nothing, time. Nothing ages worse than comedy. Well, really that's true. You wanna you wanna have your fucking heart broken for the rest of the day? Go watch something that you thought go watch a TV series that you thought was funny twenty years ago. <laughs> right. And then you'll just be like oh. Unless it's like a you know, a, right. a loved show. Yes. Yeah. It was just something where you were like why is no one else uh, watching this? Because it's amazing. Yeah, if you want to, usually just, pretty bad. If you want to slit your own wrists, watch the first season of Seinfeld. It's fucking <laughs> it's so garbage. Bad. Yeah, it is. It's just like I don't know. Like, well, but no one liked that at the time either. <laughs> well, that's true. Like yeah. that show f- took three seasons for anyone to even watch it. That's a good point. Like I had one friend who would talk about it all the time. We're like. No one's ever going to watch that, dude. Yeah. Or, or dude, go back and watch like, um, I mean, you want to talk about people falling over themselves to praise the SNL years of like Dana Carvey and Mike Myers and all those guys. Yeah. Go back and watch some of those episodes and they are crap. Well, I mean, some of them. any Saturday Night Live. That's the whole, that's Saturday Night Live's problem is every generation thinks their cast was the hottest, yeah. the best. And the, but you go, you know, even if you go those first five years, because everyone grows up watching best of videos yeah. or tapes. And yeah, you go back and watch like an episode of Saturday Night Live from 1977. You're going to be so fucking bored. Yeah. Like you're just like, oh, these people went on to become mega stars. Yeah, it's more like it's it's not even so much comedy. It's more like just like long form improv. Like <laughs> Kinda, it's like yeah. it's like a. Uh, yeah, it, it's more of like an acting exercise than it is out and out comedy. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. If you watch any samurai sketch, you're just like, okay, but this is it like the whole time. And right. they did five of these. And here's the thing. Yeah, you'll have some young person. You'll be like, oh, you got to see this. You got to see this. And then you're watching it and you're like, oh, yeah, where is the joke? Right. I'm waiting for it. Yeah. But it was cool. I mean, I think it was just... Um, I don't know. I, I my my parents' generation freaking loved that cast, yeah, and loved every single thing they did. And it's kind of like I don't know. It makes me want to give a little bit of credit to that that generation because, like, that's not easy. Like, like uh, uh, spoon served comedy, but if they really saw something in that, like, good on them. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, it's almost like Saturday Night Live is uh, written every week and relies on what's literally happening at the time <laughs> for you true. to understand the context, mainly what they're doing. True. Yeah. No, it's uh, I think that I think that that's a really astute point, though, that like, um, you know, if if you're not going if something isn't trying so hard to be ahead of its time, it's just trying to fit nicely in its own time that it might be kind of lofty for me to sit here and and pick it apart when it's like well yeah easily done 30 years on you know um so but you're right for the time i bet it was um i can imagine there being a nice energy in the in the auditorium i mean in the theater yeah you know i can imagine it would be sort of fun and like that sort of like uh that almost electricity that you feel when you get into a roller coaster before it starts going Mm -hmm. um and it's tangible you know you feel it um, I imagine that it was a lot like that. So, I, yeah, I don't want to be a dick and sit here and rip on arachnophobia, which is so <laughs> beloved. I, I guess I will just say that um, I probably should have been more familiar with it earlier, closer to the time that it came out, like you were. Yeah. To have that memory and nostalgia to fall back on. Gene Siskel loved it. 
which we already covered. I had a quote, and now you know I'm like, I lost all my notes to the stupid movie, but that's fine. We're done. We're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's. I just, don't want to make you talk. About end it, it with Gene. I'm pretty Siskel. sure we haven't covered anything <laughs> we covered oh, six days ago. Right. Um, yeah. No, I, I think that I think that we were thorough enough, and um, I don't know. Maybe maybe this would be a really fun one for somebody to like take it and just absolutely like lay into it, like remake Arachnophobia. Oh shit! Didn't they remake Arachnophobia? No. Are you sure? Yeah. What did they? Did they? No. I heard. No, they did. They did, and it was awful. It was panned. We're gonna have to look this up. Yeah, this is worth looking up. I th- I could I could swear that they remade it. Are you talking mm-hmm. about Eight Le- Legged Freaks? No, nope. They remade Arachnophobia. This would have been like a, just a couple of years, a handful of years ago. Isn't uh, it two thousand something? It says there's one in the works, and that's from 2018. Oh, James Wan is gonna is attached to it. If well, if he still is, I don't know. I thought they. He made seems to one. be really uh, invested in other projects right now. Like, <laughs> I think he's doing the next two Fast and Furious movies because he just did nine. Did they? Oh my god! I could have sworn that they remade Arachnophobia, and then it was just panned across the board. I could be wrong. Um, but either way, no. I it, I think it would be cool for somebody to be like, okay, the world has seen the family friendly version. Let's you know get some more decapitations going here. Let's let's lay into this thing. <laughs> Um, decapitations <laughs> no it's a stretch they'll figure it out I don't want <laughs> don't do that look if spider it's about if, a guy who's afraid of spiders whose house is overrun by spiders it that has, is what this movie's about it has been scientifically established that enough spiders can break through a glass window <laughs> right, of their own accord on it they can do anything they want <laughs> include turn from leaves into themselves well, and back and forth all right all right <laughs> All right. That was Arachnophobia from 1990. It's great. Check it out. Uh, what, what's next? Next, uh, the, the Summer of Fear continues. We're taking a little boat ride to 2010's Shutter Island. Uh, Marty Scorsese, Leo DiCapi, Marky Ruffalo, Benny Kingsey. Who else is it? Man? I can't uh, Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah. Well, I said his real name. <laughs> yeah, that works. Like, yeah, but it works. It, it works. like a fake name. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to uh, lose our mind next. Yeah. Tim's going to uh, lose his. I have. Uh, how should we say this? I have seen the movie now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I had, we watched it together last night, yeah. but we'll. I had be not seen it, later. it prior to last night. And uh, that. That was a real experience. Okay, good. I can't wait. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it. Um. Okay, so yeah, so that's next up. Uh, please check out our website, slumberpodcastmassacre.com. Uh, uh, email us at slumberpodcast at gmail.com. A huge thanks to our patrons. You help make this possible. Uh, feel free to throw us a review uh, or something wherever you get your podcast. That helps out. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be back. Shutter Island. Uh we also might have our the fifth movie. I'm waiting for you to change your mind, but I'm I'm pumped if we can do it. Um, 
So yeah, uh, Tim, do you got anything else to say about arachnophobia? No. Uh, however, (laughs) however, let me just say real quick, because this just popped into my mind. If there is any fan out there that listen, I I don't know. Is that the first time I've used that word for this fan Fan? Uh, listeners, fans? uh, I don't want to be, you know, egotistical, but if there's anybody that likes this show, I listen, but I'm not a fan. (laughs) Um, if there are any, any people that listen to the show and like it, um, you know what might be kind of fun? We always ask for emails and, and we don't get a lot of people writing in. I know that we've become sort of like a meme and visually oriented, you know, group of people now. I would love for somebody to like take some bits from the show like Nape Nuts and like actually make some some Photoshop action <laughs> for us. We might use it on the website, maybe sure, yeah. something like that. Throw them on our Turn Instagram. it into a Why t-shirt not? or something. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, show us what you got. Give us your uh, your best artistic skills. If you want to take a bit that you thought was funny in the show and turn it into something real, uh, we'd love to see it. Yeah. All right. Bye, Tim. Bye.